Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive & June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive & June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs and this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show well um, we were joined by Tim Vickery our man on South American football and he told us a little bit about Enzo Fernandez, oh, yeah. the most expensive footballer in British history I'd say value for money yeah a bargain very much a bargain, <laughs> bargain. Yeah. center aisle at, uh, at Lidl <laughs> um, so we found out a bit more about him and what he can bring to Chelsea we had a bit of a chat we had a quiz and he played mastermind having done so well in football last week he turned his mm. hand to cricket questions and uh, we had another Paddy's challenge as well we yeah. bought you one of those uh, they're always a bit of fun so here it all is <laughs> Not bad, is it? We've spent 500-odd million since... Uh, just, just shy of 600 million. Just quid. 600 million. We still haven't got a striker. Yeah. It's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. The the amazing thing is, it's not... This window has been, as I was saying to uh, Jim and Simon earlier, this window has been brilliant for Chelsea. It's been properly approached. They've addressed the needs they, they had yeah. in midfield and back up, right back and all this sort of thing, and defender. But the problem is for them what they did in the summer. I mean, they've got... Four players that have been an absolute bust, and they're going to on big money, and they're going to have to somehow get rid of them. I feel for Potter. What's he supposed to do with this bloated squad when they all come back from injury? Yeah, somehow some of them are going to be going to have about three or four Winston Bogards. I mean, really, it's absolutely <laughs> a Winston Bogard eleven. Winston Bogard was the player that uh, that was signed, mm. and we had this thing. It was, it was him sort of lighting uh, cigars <laughs> with fifty pound notes. He barely played a game, did he? Well, he had a contract, and they didn't want him, and he. Yeah. Didn't want to go anywhere else so he just sat tight yeah. and they had to pay him for two years and this is what could happen yeah. and it's just a, you know it, it, there's a sort of element of you know the thing with Ziyech it's amateur hour that it's pathetic yeah you know that, how would they have felt if, if Benfica had done that to them and all that d deal with Fernandes and they went oh sorry we sent the wrong document yeah we hadn't signed it we had signed it we did send enough, the signed one so I do think I mean on the plus side for Chelsea fans I mean, a lot of them are very defiant and say everybody else is jealous of them but uh, I think on the plus side they yeah. should have a brilliant squad next season yeah. but it's going to take a lot of pruning and for the rest of this season it's going to be difficult this is Potter. this is a hell of a gamble I mean you, you could argue it's less of a gamble with so many young players and we've mm. seen already with Modric 
He looks a player, but he hasn't played a lot. And it's, it's true yeah. of Enzo Fernandez as well. So look, yeah. it's an element of risk when you're paying. Slight element of risk, but I think they bought, bought young quality, and that is got yeah. to be a good thing. I think. Well, we bought um, <laughs> Tanguy and Dombele and Giovanni Lo Celso, who were seen as standout players in mm-hmm. Europe and uh, and quality. Yeah, I mean, you know, by the you know using those two players as an example, though sometimes you can buy two or three players for hundred million quid, and they're all duffers. Yeah. I mean, you can buy one, and they're not. Well, you can do. I mean, the other mad team is Forest. I mean, 27 players, that's more than the whole yeah. squad. That's crazy. Yeah, but, that's know, a kind that's... of, it's a, I mean, with respect, <laughs> a kind of Poundland Chelsea yeah, approach. Really. With Well, you know, it's all mm. relative. But Chelsea's has been fairly mad. But there, there is an element of risk about it. We may be sitting here in six or seven years' time, Andy, and you may be saying, but I mean, what's Bowley done to my club? Because <laughs> no, I'm working on the basis well, of could in be seven years, you'll sound, you'll sound like that. <laughs> yeah. What's uh, Bowley done while we're in the blue square? And interesting, uh, goodbye to Jorginho. I think it's a goodbye for Arsenal. I, yeah. I personally was a fan. I think he's a... Top player, he's like a manager on the pitch. He's yeah. very experienced. Well, that's why they bought him. Yeah, isn't it? He's, he's the only thing is when you know people run at him. One <laughs> bloke with the Chelsea website pointed out that at one point the referee was running back quicker towards our area than he was, and that's yeah. probably true. But you know, you know I would imagine he is incredibly slow and he does pass the ball sideways a lot. He's a player though. Jacob Hawley was joined us yesterday, the big Arsenal fan and comedian. Mm. And, you know, he's 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 going to come on 10 15 minutes. Before the end of a game when Arsenal were 2-0 up, just to, you know, point mm. and shout a bit and just tidy things up, be neat and tidy and, you know, don't give chances away. That's, I mean, that's yeah. going to be his role. He's not going to start that many matches unless no. they get loads of injuries. No, he isn't. But, he, you know, the, the, it's an interesting signing. But, look, they're going to win the league anyway. Yeah, so well, well, so they haven't got to worry about penalties if he's on the pitch, have they? No. <laughs> And Chelsea have got to find somebody to take penalties now if Reese James isn't on the pitch. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see what they One do. One day, Mudrick and um, Enzo Fernandez absolutely terrible at penalties. <laughs> absolutely appalling. I don't think he is. I think he took quite a few in the World Cup. I think he's a good player for now. No, he is. No. You know, I think he'll do well. He's got an interesting backstory. We'll talk mm. a bit about him. I mean, you know, he hasn't played a lot of football. No. So uh, we will chat to Tim Vickery. He joins us a little bit later on and find out a bit more about his story. He's got something about him, as as they say. We'll discover more about that later when uh, Tim joins us. We're also going to have a look at uh, the winners and losers of the window. And we, there was an expectation yesterday when we were doing the show, myself and Charlie, especially in light of what Sean Dyche said in his press conference uh, the day before when he spoke to the Everton website. You know, we'll hope to do a bit of business tomorrow. I mean, he didn't say we were going to have a splurge, but he seemed to be hinting at the fact that he felt mm. they'd try and bring one or two in. And they, they, they bid didn't. for Gallagher, but he, he turned them, he well, them I mean, back. They, apparently they bid for uh, Mitzi Batshuayi at the end, but he didn't fancy coming back from Turkey. He was quite settled. That's quite a lucky escape. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you get desperate yeah, for man. goals. I mean, they've let Simon Rondon go, and I, you know, I t- and he's got the River Plate. Funny enough, which is yeah. quite a weird move. So we'll discuss with with Tim well, a little bit later. They were the big winners. I'm sure Evertonians will be shouting. He was terrible. We had to let him go, and he wanted to go, but. You know, Sean Dyche might have got something out of him if he worked with him, could have worked his magic. I yeah, don't know. It's a, yeah, it's a big job for him there. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. With Borough handing over the home dressing room for a Valentine's Day meal special for their fans, we asked about football and romance. My dad bought a pair of West Bromwich Albion gloves for my mum on her birthday. Said, so I tell you what, you really need to check out whether uh, they'll keep your hands warm. So he took her to a reserve game at the Hawthorns. <laughs> 
to see if they worked. Fantastic. Well done, DS. That's your good old dad. Fantastic. Once asked my girlfriend if she fancied fish and chips and a nice walk around Whitby. Little did she know Newcastle reserves were playing Celtic reserves at Whitby mm. Towns ground in a friendly. I think Ivan Tony might have played. Wow. That's all. You don't remember the romance of yeah. it there, but uh, you only remember Ivan Tony playing. So, yeah, when football and romance clash in light of uh, that uh, Valentine's meal you can have at, at the Riverside. Um, let us know talksport.com and in the home dressing room as well talksport.com text 81089 tweet to TSHNJ now Andy you've become slightly obsessed with um, uh, Clive Myrie the mm. host of uh, Mastermind and he does a good job I like him he's very good but he does need to explain every specialist subject but I mean there's nothing wrong with that is there I mean you, there are well I'd say sometimes it's really obvious and sometimes okay. they overcomplicate give us an example okay this week's ones I've got all four from this week yeah uh, the specialist subject from the person was the films of Nicole Kidman. Okay. And Clive comes in. The feature films of the Oscar-winning actress, not the plumber then, and feature films, so not the snaps she takes down to boots to get developed. <laughs> what other films are there? I think you're being a bit picky. <laughs> okay, this one. Uh, specialist subject, constellations of the Northern Hemisphere. I mean, that is absolutely self-explanatory, isn't it? Not to Clive. The stars, legends and features of the 43 constellations that lie at least partly north of the equator. I'd say that's overcomplicating it, Clive. We all know what the that constellations is... of the Northern Hemisphere I got are. it initially. I was a bit confused by his explanation. <laughs> What's the next one? The children's books of Roald Dahl. Oh, yeah. That's the children's books of the best-selling author, screenwriter and wartime pilot. Not Roald Dahl the plumber, then. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> Honestly. Hello, and... Rolds. When can you come back? Well, I don't know. Rolds, Rolds. I'm going to have to get the parts first. So uh, once I've got the parts, I can come back next Wednesday. <laughs> the pop group Take That. Oh, pop group Take That. Yeah. yeah. The, the popular beat combo <laughs> the from chart... the northwest of England. Nearly. The chart topping boy band formed in Manchester. Okay. Written, not the jazz quartet of the same name. <laughs> For goodness sake, Clive. We well, know. Uh, Andy, I, I got into a conversation with you. Uh, last week about what your specialist subject would mm. be on Mastermind should you ever do it and you said um, <laughs> Chelsea during the Abramovich years yeah, I didn't do too and, well did I? <laughs> uh, the producer and the assistant producer hastily put together ten <laughs> questions for you on uh, the Abramovich years at Chelsea and you got one out of ten. One out of ten. We wasn't actually, great. One of the somebody got in touch. He was an Arsenal fan. Said I don't even support Chelsea, and I got about five of those right. So it was all a bit embarrassing. <laughs> it was really a bit embarrassing. So uh, the producer and as, as uh, once again decided because the other thing you said mm. I'm, well, I should have really said England. What is England cricket? What would it have been? <laughs> the Ashes cricketers since the 1980s. So Ashes cricketers. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm the, not very confident. I'm going to do well. The biannual tournament played between England and Australia. <laughs> that's the one, yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> okay. Cricket. Cricket, yeah. <laughs> so, here we go then, Andy. Are oh, you nervous. ready? Yeah. Ten questions on your specialist subject. Let's okay. see how you get on having got one out of ten on Chelsea. And here we go. Your time starts now. Who captained the Australian side during the infamous 1981 Ashes series in England? Uh... Alan Border. It wasn't, it was Kim Hughes. Oh, yeah. Which England batsman scored the most <laughs> runs during the 1986 Ashes in Australia? I didn't hear that question. I'm still laughing about the fact they got the first okay, one Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you again. Say it again, you should have said. Which England batsman scored the most runs during the 1986 Ashes in Australia when England won? Gooch. It was Chris Broad. In which series did Shane Warne make his Ashes debut for Australia and bowl Mike Gatting with the ball of the century? What was the year? 93. That's right, correct. Uh, which Australian bowler took a hat-trick at the Gabba on the first day of the Ashes series down under in 2010-11? 
Uh, nice gap in his teeth. Uh, Siddle. That's right, I gave you a clue, correct. <laughs> uh, Terry Thomas. Who was at the other end to Ian Botham when he hit a brilliant 149 at Headingley in 1981? Even I know this. Graham Dilly. Yeah, Graham Dilly. Uh, correct. Who scored 227 for England in the second test of the 2006 7 Ashes series in Adelaide? A test where they managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Was it Graham Thorpe? It was KP. Oh. Uh, which Australian batsman made his Ashes debut in the 1989 series in England, going on to become one of Australia's all-time test run scorers and a three-times Ashes winning captain? Ricky Ponting. That was Mark Taylor. Uh, who was batting <laughs> for England? Who was... Damn well. Uh, Arsenal fans better, doing better than you. I've done better than last week. Who was batting for Australia in the 2005 test match at Esbaston? Esbust- sorry, when... Esbaston. <laughs> uh, I do love Esbaston. Uh, Ray. Uh, Edgbaston. <laughs> When Steve Harmison managed to find the crucial final wicket with the visitors two runs away from... Kasprovitz. That's right. Absolutely correct. Mm. Uh, who is England's all-time leading Ashes wicket taker? Uh, Jimmy Anderson. It's not. It's Chris's lad, Stuart Broad. Oh, is it? Uh, who were England's two spinners in the victorious 1985 Home Ashes series? I've started to finish. Uh, 85. 85. Peter Such. And Eddie Hemmings. It was John Embry and <laughs> Phil Edmonds. <laughs> uh, after you've quite one, two, three, four, five out of ten. Well, that's Which better. is an improvement on one out of ten. <laughs> oh, you make it four. The producer makes it four. Uh, no, you're right. He didn't get he didn't get broad right, did he? Well, you're right. Four, four out of ten. Four out of ten. So. Um, you didn't pass on any, you just no, got them wrong. Uh, yes, that's, that's unlucky. So there's your two... Spe- you got any other specialist subjects? I haven't, really. <laughs> well, I think the, the moralities don't go on mastermind, Andy. Although you're telling me you got leaven in the general knowledge the other day, so maybe you can make it up on that. Another partial success there for Andy Jacobs. I was at Kenilworth Road. One of the players in the warm-up hit the ball into Rose Ed, and I jumped out of my seat to save the ball from hitting this lady in the face. We've now been married for 12 years. Lee, that's beautiful. I know, that's... The opposite of the story, though, I was in the pavilion one day at a Bunbury game, and this bloke, instead of doing that, he, he pulled this woman into the line use, of fire, and she got hit. Use her as a human shield. He used her as a human shield. I, I don't think they got married. Like no, I don't think they did. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure they even knew each when other. When the f- worlds of football <laughs> and romance collide. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yes, uh, we head for Rio, as always, around this time to chat to South American correspondent Tim Vickery. Hi, Tim. Hello, gentlemen. You're all lying down now, resting after the the, the drama of, of transfer deadline day? Yes, we're just uh, yes. taking a deep breath, especially as uh, we yeah. realised that a Fernandez deal had got over the line. As you can imagine, there's quite a lot of profile pieces today about yeah. Enzo Fernandez because most people's knowledge of him, unless they watch Champions League football and a team in play for Benfica, was from that World Cup. But he has got quite the backstory. I mean... You know, uh, finding out a little bit more about him uh, has has been interesting. What have they been saying over over in Argentina about this deal? A wooba, a wooba, a wooba. Give us a percentage of that, please. Say <laughs> River Plate. Yeah, the, yes. I think it's the most an Argentinian player's ever gone for. It's about I thirty million pounds, isn't it? it it's an extraordinary. Oh, that's sum. the River Plate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for a central midfielder. That's the thing I'm finding it quite difficult to get, get my head around because usually, who is most valued in the transfer? In, in you know, in transfers, it's strikers. It's the players who get the goal. Occasionally, you get like a Virgil Van Dijk who's going to stop them at the other end, but it's always players in one penalty area or the other. I don't and know. Now, Bellingham you know, this summer will go yes, for more, and so will exactly. Rice. 
Mm. And, and, and Moses Caicedo as well. This is a part of a trend mm. where central midfielders are being valued and how. But I don't, I don't think anyone could have imagined six months ago that he would be going for, for this, this amount of money. Yeah. And it's been great to see his, his development. I think it's taken people a little while to realise how, how good he is. Um, he, he jumped through all of the hoops, really, in, in, in South American football. He had a, had a, grew up with River Plate, and the end zone name there is significant because his dad named him after a real River Plate idol, mm. played with Chrissy Waddle at Marseille, mm. Enzo Francescoli, the, the Uruguayan, who's yeah, yeah. still there in administrative capacity now. And he's, he's just an idol in, in the place. He is, he is what Gazza is to, to Newcastle and Tottenham, Francescoli. So he was born with River Plate in the blood, loaned out to a, a, a little side who do a wonderful job developing players, the, the splendidly named Defensa y Justicia, Defence and Justice. Uh, and as well as defence and justice, he brought structure to that side. And that's what he does to every side where he is. He brings structure. Mm. He wins the ball. He knits the sides together. He's got a goal in him as well. And when they sold him um, together with Julian Alvarez, I think maybe even to their surprise, they felt his absence even more than the absence of, of Alvarez, which is not to say he's a better player or Alvarez is, no, Alvarez is a wonderful, wonderful player. But Fernandez is the structure of the side and you took that backbone away and the side kind of collapsed in on itself. So that's what Chelsea are, are buying. He's someone who gives the team a structure. And one of the things I think which is instantly noticeable about him, and you saw this under pressure in the World Cup, is he loves a big occasion and he loves the pressure and that will stand him in good stead. The one thing that really interests me because he's been able to fly under the radar screen. Yeah. No, no, no opponent has just sat down and said, how will we stop this Enzo Fernandez? But now <laughs> for that price tag, people are going to be having a look at him. If you're playing against him. No, they were playing Blackburn. <laughs> he does all the accents. <laughs> Thank you very much. If, if you're playing against him, what I think you're going to do now is just try and force him on his left foot. Um, because he's, he's, he's very right-footed. He hasn't had to do that much with a left foot because people have, have allowed him to get away with it. But now, surely they'll have a look at him and say, right, if we want to stop him, let's put him on his left foot and see what he can do there. And it'll be fascinating to see how he gets over this next stage in his career where everyone is going to be looking at him. How does he compare to Gwimera? She sounds like a similar sort of player. Yeah, I think he is. Um, he... he he probably doesn't have quite the drive of Bruno Guimaraes, but I, I, I suspect he, he he can pick a pass, he can retain possession and pick a pass maybe a little bit better. And remember, Bruno Guimaraes struggled uh, top level when he first came to Europe. I don't know if you remember those games in the lockdown where Leon that they beat, eliminated Man City and lost to Bayern Munich. But those two guys, he couldn't play in them. They had to take him off at half-time because it was all just passing him by. Uh, he, he couldn't play at, the, at that speed. So it took him longer to, to get up to the speed of European football than it did with Enzo Fernandez, who looked instantly at home. And this is one thing which I think is interesting for the wider picture of what's happened in the transfer window. A lot of central midfielders coming in straight from South America. And it'll be fascinating to see how this goes on because it's the position where often they've struggled most with European club football. Mm -hmm. Just a pace of, of play through the midfield, having to adapt to that. There have been some big names who've left, especially from Brazil, and haven't been able to do it at all. 
So that's the fascinating thing, I think, um, behind this transfer window. All of these central midfielders coming in from South America straight in. Obviously, Enzo has been through Benfica, but there are a number coming straight in from South America. How are they going to cope with, with a football where in that zone of the field, you've got to play much, much quicker? It's interesting, comparisons in the profile pieces from a couple of the coaches who've worked with him over the years. One saying he's, you know, he's, he's an English-style box-to-box midfielder. He's kind of six and an eight. You know, he plays more offensively as an eight uh, in a 4-3-3, uh, et cetera, et cetera. One of the others comparing him with one Sebastian Veron making that comparison. What do you make of that? Yeah, I don't think he's quite got the passing over range of Veron. But I think he's 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 more competitive. I think he'll he'll win more tackles than 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 Veron won. Um, but he he is, and you, you can play him at the, at the base if you want. You can play him a little bit higher up. Um, I don't think you're going to play him at a ten. But if he gets in that position, he's he's, he's got goals in him. So you're you're buying someone who's involved in all the phases of the play through the midfield, from winning to organising to passing to finishing as well, although I don't think he's going to score that many goals. But I think he'll, he'll, he'll get you a few vital ones. Uh, I mean, the, the, the match where Messi was talking about this the other day, the hard one for Argentina, the hardest one was Mexico. They just lost to Saudi Arabia. They kind of had to beat Mexico and the pressure was really, really on. And it was a mistake. It was one of the big mistakes, one of the few mistakes that Scaloni made, the coach. He went with Guido Rodriguez, the holding midfielder. Defensive, no, and like you get your rhythm in football from the back, and they had no rhythm at all, and it was nil nil, and it was really dreary. The moment they started to win the World Cup was when he he got taken off, and Enzo came on, and Enzo played the deep role against a side that offered nothing in attack, but he 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 changed the entire game. He scored a wonderful solo goal in that one, but the game that changed the World Cup, it's Messi's shot from outside the box, and it's Messi receiving the ball from Di Maria. And Di Maria received the ball from Enzo. Higher up the field, giving Argentina a circuit of passing. So that, I think, is the definitive moment. That, that's the moment when Argentina's World Cup campaign um, really kicks off. And it was Enzo Fernandez under pressure. Pressure moment rising to the occasion. Uh, from what you've said, Tim, finally on this, that you don't feel that old thing they always say about young players, you know, weighed down by the price tag. It doesn't sound like that's going to be an issue for him. No, I wouldn't have thought so. And temperamentally, he looks very, very strong. Um, the only thing is, opposite, the opponents are now going to put him under the spotlight in a way that has never, ever happened before. You know, he has suddenly become glamour player. Let's look at him. How are we going to stop him? And that, that's an entirely new experience for him. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. It's time now for Paddy's Challenge Our Quiz for charity in association with our friends and official betting partner, Paddy Power. In Paddy's Challenge, we put our sporting knowledge to the test with a chance of raising lots of cash for our nominated charities. I'm playing for the Sporting Memories Network, Andy raising funds for the Willow Foundation, helping to manage proceedings and ensure fair play is our guest referee, not Ben Fletcher today, uh, with his uh, scorched earth take on the management here. Um, I think he's either been fired or he's ill. We're not quite sure. Um, <laughs> But uh, in his absence, our, our producer, John Cadigan, steps up, uh, one of the fine presenters of the National Obsession, Not A Talky United podcast with Charlie mm. Baker. Good An afternoon, occasional John. Good afternoon. Occasional commentator on the effort of Torquay. His teeth have fallen out, apparently. I don't know if it's all, all of them. them. Maybe oh, one of them. Maybe it's all of them, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, he's not really thought it through. He's got absolutely no right to reply because I went to Woking v Torquay last night as, as Torquay made his silly little tin pot tea look very daft <laughs> but in a uh, one-all draw night. in a one-all draw but they're third they were rubbish oh wow absolute okay. dross <laughs> oh, pointless team they're not going up you, you'll be like me in Brighton you won't be very popular in no Woking. that's right <laughs> you can go back to Woking oh, I'm not sure there's many I mean given by the atmosphere last night there's not many people to annoy let's be honest <laughs> not exactly the bombonera <laughs> what is it about sitting in that chair doing this quiz where you feel like you've got a settled scores anyway, anyway how's it we work, crack on. <coughs> yes it's Paddy's challenge so each going to be asked three multiple choice questions posed by the voice of Paddy Pan Alistair McGann the winner will be the player that scores the most points and in the event of a tie you're both going to win the chance to raise some cash for your charities last week Paul won uh, the challenge back Marcus Rashford to score in United's first leg uh, against Nottingham Forest uh, he was obviously the first to score uh, that night so it's 25 quid in the Sporting well, Memories pot so we can uh, see if we can raise a bit more cash in this week's yeah. Paddy's Challenge so we can score decide who goes first I'm, going to, I'm frantically seeing if I've got a coin oh, this is going to be a proper not not I've, the okay. You're gonna, I've you got can, a train tickets of Woking. Is that any good? Should flick we try the train ticket. Do you think it's going to f- orange side up or orange writing side up? Side or up? Uh, information side up. Uh, information, information side He's up. going barcode side up. Seven right? quid. Is that barcode side up? Yeah, no information. Oh, information oh okay. Side, yeah. what a pointless system information this is. <laughs> well, one side tells you where you're going. The other well, the side's other side's full of information. Yeah, it's it's like okay, barcode information. or information. That's what I call information. I'm going for it. Oh, that's it. I'm going on. <laughs> never had, so, never had such a row with your new series. Go that's on. what I call information. So, toss your ticket in the air, Johnny. If that's seven, not a personal question. <laughs> seven quid to get to Woking. Yeah, oh, here we go. What's the worst seven quid you've ever spent? Oh three seven one seven. What is it? It's information. What my information side or his information side? Oh, okay, the orange side. Right. So Andy's gone. So Journey after all that, that's all we got time for. <laughs> what, what, so okay, you want to go first or second, Andy? Um, you got a which are the easiest questions? Uh, this he's week? not telling know. you. First right. or second? I'll go first. Right. Okay. So Andy's question number one. That could backfire on you. Spectacular. Yeah. I like this system. It's better. Yeah. Here we go. One of Italy's former first choice strikers is now handling the vocals in a Barcelona-based rock band. Danny Osvalda, who played for Roma, Espanyol and Southampton, swapped football for music and is now a lookalike for which Hollywood rocker? A. Johnny Depp B. Keanu Reeves or C. John Bon Jovi OK, he looked a bit rock star when he yeah, played, Yeah, I mean, he? I know the player. Yeah, he yeah, played yeah. for Boca for a while as well. Yeah. 
I don't know. He didn't strike me as looking like any of those. John Bon Jovi. Oh dear, oh dear. John Reeves, is it? It was uh, Johnny Depp. Oh, Johnny Depp. Yeah, apparently. Okay. Keanu um, Kevin Reeves. <laughs> I, I've got the difficult question. City fans. Yes. Should have gone for the middle one. Uh, so, not out of one. So, these are the easy questions that really annoy uh, Andy, yeah, which exactly. is always a joy. Yeah, normally. Right, let's pause <laughs> question number one. Yes. A BBC cameraman had to act swiftly after focusing on a rude sign in the crowd at Wrexham's FA Cup tie against Sheffield United last weekend, which apparently innocuous platform had been used to lure the cameras in. A, a giant teddy bear. B, a giant Ryan Reynolds poster. Or C, a homemade FA Cup trophy. I was so hoping he was going to say, what did the message say? Was it A? Anyway, um, yeah, uh, it was a, it was a, one of those silver foil FA Cup trophies. One point to Paul. Did you know that, Andy? No, I didn't. Oh, fair. OK, fair enough. Funny enough, on Fletcher's script, they haven't supplied him with any supplementary information about that question whatsoever. I really? Think why. OK, well, I'll let you know what it said, if you like. I didn't yeah, see no, it. Yeah, I think we'll all OK, well, you're the producer. If you want me to say it, I'll say it. Anyway, that's a, that's I, a story for I, another day. It is. We move on. <laughs> uh, Andy, let's have question number two. Yeah. Eric Ten Hag referenced which fictional wizard when asked about Marcus Rashford's stunning return to form? A. Harry Potter... B, Gandalf, or C, Willow? I think it was Harry Potter. One point to Andy. It's a bit easy, Andy. <laughs> I mean, like, Willow. I mean, struggling a bit. Once you get, once you've gone past Bob the Wilson. two, once you've gone, no, not, no, not Bob Wilson. Once you've gone past the two fictional the two wizards, fictional ones, Merlin, you could have had, couldn't you? Could have Willow. had Merlin. Anybody yeah. else? They're your three top wizards, aren't they? Really? They're, come on, let's have your top wizards. <laughs> come on, wizard all cricketers. Three, Merlin Hughes. All three. <laughs> said, let's have your wizard footballers. Yeah. Right. Sleeve so. highway. No, it doesn't really work. Does it? And Move he on. Pulls it back to one. Also, that pulls question number two. Yes. According to a recent Talksport poll, which star player had the best first touch of all time? A. Dennis Bergkamp. B. Zinedine Zidane. Or C, Ronaldinho. Okay, so Didier Zakora didn't make it then. Well, that's a shock. <laughs> Strange, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I go uh, Zizou. Oof! Oh no, it wasn't. It was Ronaldinho. Was it really? really? Yeah. Blimey, I wouldn't mind having the second best or third best touch of Zidane. No, Zidane, would you? It's a bit subjective. Used to as just well. absolutely. I mean, they all did, but you used to absolutely kill a ball, didn't they? You could, oh yeah. That was the thing. I remember that with Ginola. Sometimes you know he played with some quite terrible footballers, and that arrow would bore him at head height, and they'd be bring it out of the air with his foot and sort of cushion it and bring mm. it down and control. You think he's making you look good, mate? I mean, honest. Anyways, we digress. I got did, it wrong. You know, we did our own polling. It was a going to the talks. No. We have we barely struggle to get the radio station out sort of day to day. But apparently we're doing yeah. our own polling. What is it about now. that chair that you start having a pop at everybody? Right, next one. Right, Andy, your question number three. Okay. Controversial golfer Patrick Reed was accused of misleading officials at the Dubai Desert Classic last weekend after allegedly misidentifying his ball when it landed where? A. In a dune. B. Up a palm tree. Or C. In a bunker. It was uh, up a palm tree. Yeah. It was very strange. I don't know how you could claim he knew it was his ball. It could have been anybody's ball, couldn't it? Oh, I mean, we've got to trust him, and he seems like a trustworthy oh, fellow. Oh, very, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> man of his word. So, yeah. of course. Uh, so, did he get that right, I wonder? Two out of three. Not yeah. bad. Not well bad at all. Well done, Andy. Yeah, yeah, it was up a palm tree. Right, look at the time. Paul, let's have your question number three. Andy's 2 1 up, so you've got He's to got get his this right. He's got producer's hat on there, hasn't he? Here we go. Yeah, it's nice. Since 1992, only four Premier League teams have earned more than Arsenal's current 50 points at this stage of the season. How many of those four teams went on to win the Premier League? A. Four. B. Two. 
or C, three? Two. Really? One out of three. Chin up. It was uh, it was three. Chelsea, Ooh. Man City, and Liverpool. I would have gone with four. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. You had fifty points at this point. Then didn't win the league. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, wow. okay. And you win. I've won. Paddy's I've challenge. Blimey, I know. Right. I know. So I, I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. South Africa made a very strong start in their reply to England's uh, three hundred and forty-six. Andy, you've not been too impressed with the bowling. It's not exactly and Thompson, is it? Oh, Wokes and. Top, he looked way, way off. I mean, that last ball from Wokes, sort of half floated half volley outside. I could have hit that for four. Yeah, we're in the same territory as this uh, second game, aren't we? Sam Ellard joins yeah, us away now. Till good start. Where um, they did chase down a very similar total. Yeah, indeed. It was only a couple of days ago. They chased down 343 to win the second game and seal the series. Their target today is a little bit more. It's 347 to win. And after seven over South Africa, they're off to a very nice start. 41 without loss. Andy, you were absolutely spot on. The bowling with the new ball from Topley and Wokes, absolutely pathetic. So no surprise... <laughs> That we've seen Joffre Archer um, come into the attack. His first change, he's got the ball in hand. Um, normally we see him take the new ball, a slightly different role for him today, but he is into the attack. Reza Hendricks is nine not out from 21. Temba Bavuma unbeaten on 31. Of course, it was Bavuma in that second match. Captain's innings, he made 100 and led his team to victory. We could be in for another thriller today. The target to win 347 into the eighth over. South Africa 41 without loss. Cheers, Sam. Uh, Sam will be up with um, Darren and Andy, of course, in Drive, and it's live over on TalkSport 2, ball-by-ball commentary as we speak. Uh, We did mention earlier on that uh, Middlesbrough are having a special Valentine's Day evening where you can dine in the home dressing room to a a faint Mm. smell of liniment uh, with your loved one. Uh, You get a shirt, you get a chance to take some pictures, Free course meal, 85 quid. Jobs are good. Yeah. Um, romance and football collide. Um, Porthole Pete says, I asked a new girlfriend who knew nothing about football. If she could go anywhere in Europe, where would you like to go? Rome, she said. Perfect, I said. I'll take you in November for three nights. <laughs> Little did she know City were playing in, in <laughs> Naples on the Wednesday. So uh, we arrive in Rome on the Tuesday. I say, I've got an extra surprise for you. I booked a hotel in Naples. <laughs> Why so near? And it's only an hour away on the train. <laughs> oh, really? Wow, you're so romantic, she said. Yeah. I'm sure you're all aware how hairy a place to watch football Napoli can be. Mm. But I didn't expect her to be that terrified. Funnily enough, she still married me and is now a fellow season ticket holder at the Etihad. So a like, happy ending. Uh, to that one. So, in 1978, says John, I was working in an office and in the office next door was the girl of my dreams. We often used to go into one another's office and have a chat. During one of these chats, she asked me if I'd like to go out with her that evening. Bit forward for the times. Yeah. I turned her down because I was going to watch Chelsea that evening. They were playing Derby and I was particularly keen to give Steve Wick some stick as he'd left us some month earlier. And the bad mouth was in the press. Great football fans. Really? Could be the rest of your life. Anyway, happy ending. He, uh, we did eventually go out and have now been married for 43 years. I read that one on the job. screen. I thought he meant he'd married Steve Wicks and they'd been together for 43 years. I got really confused with that. I think, I think we probably would have heard, wouldn't we, by now. Yeah, I suppose Fantastic. we would have, yeah. Thank you.
So look, thank you for all of those. I'm going to try and squeeze in uh, one more. Oh, this is a forthcoming one. I'm a Birmingham City fan, season to get older, and we're at home to Cardiff on Valentine's Mm. nights. We said it's a big Champions League night. Spurs playing Milan that evening in Milan. I'm yet to break the news to the missus. To make things worse, she's a Villa fan. Lisa, I'm sorry, and I love you. Don't use us as your conduit. (laughs) Trying to lessen the blow. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That's uh, this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again tomorrow myself and Charlie mm-hmm. although Andy you will pop up with a birthday spread I will yeah Charlie's won three in a row he's on he's a on roll great form isn't he he's done it ever since that bit of S-housery where he yeah. cheated in my eyes I'd say um, so uh, he's not looked back so don't say cheats never prosper you got you got good gags <laughs> I'd say so it's a fair to middling new week. material how many old ones uh, a couple of old a couple of old favourites okay, <laughs> fair enough new greatest hits <laughs> alright then well I do hope you can join us for the spread and more uh, tomorrow um, thanks for downloading us today I'm always glad when they've survived another year <laughs> yeah that's good it's a great way to keep in touch with all with people you didn't know anyway we move on and uh, thanks for listening you've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on Talks. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.